0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of Stuff I Don't Know. I am your host, Joshua Blewett, and welcome back to the podcast where I'll be taking a look at another topic of something that I don't really know, and um, I've done a lot of research about it, and I'll explain it, and I'll just share the results of what I found. So be sure to check the show notes uh, about the topic today in case you're curious about uh, where I've actually found my research. But before all that, though, it's been a busy few weeks on my side, um, lots of cleaning around the house, lots of planning on buying new furniture for the house. Um, me and my wife are trying to make our her house seem more like a home. So we're thinking of putting up some pictures, getting a couple of objects and stuff, just something to decorate the home a bit more, just to make it a little bit nicer in places. Um, it's pretty nice as it is, but um, it just uh, just needs a, just a little bit of an extra touch, you know, um, I bought this house, gosh, about nearly two years ago now. And when you buy a new build, I mean, they don't, pre- they don't prepare you at all for the fact that you don't have, uh, like blinds or like hand towel rails, mirrors, anything else like that. It's, it's a shell and it's up to you to make it into um, a nice livable home. So yeah, that's uh, kind of what we've been planning on doing. That's something that we're going to do, uh, next week. We're probably going to do a trip to Ikea and just see what we can find so that'll be pretty exciting and also last week for us me and my wife went to Manchester um, for the first time I've never been there before myself despite living over here in the UK it's a place I've never been to so that was fun uh, Manchester's a pretty cool city to be in um, we both appreciate the tram system uh, we, th- we thought it was very efficient very good and yeah we just really enjoyed walking around, seeing um, all the architecture, all the shopping spots. So yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Um, my wife did also introduce me to Wingstop, uh, which I uh, definitely appreciated. So yeah, I, I really do like the uh, lemon and pepper spicy spiciness on those uh, chicken burgers and uh, uh, the fries as well. So yeah, It's been a really, really, really good uh, trip over there. So yeah, we had a lot of fun uh, last weekend. So yeah, that's what's been happening over on my side. Uh, Before we jump into our topic, I just wanted to talk about uh, a couple of things that have caught my attention that's been happening in the news recently. Um, One thing that's caught my attention is uh, South Korea was in the news as uh, their birth rate has fallen by 8% to 0.72, which is the number of children a woman is expected to have. So for reference, for a population to remain steady, that number should be 2.1. So the fact that 0.72 is quite grim, and in Seoul, uh, the capital of South Korea, the birth rate is 0.55, which is the lowest in the country. Um, The report on the BBC found that in 50 years, nearly half of the population will be older than 65, which is quite a frightening statistic if you think about it. Um, Governments have been trying to fix this issue for nearly 20 years by throwing uh, $286 billion at the problem, but nothing seems to have fixed it. Um, uh, The BBC also found uh, that couples who do have children can receive many benefits, including subsidised housing. So that is something that has caught my attention. And uh, another um, piece of news that's happened is that it was Mobile World Congress. Uh, for those who don't know, it's a yearly trade show held in Barcelona, which has manufacturers, mobile operators and other companies attending. Um, and one of the things that caught my eye was a concept phone from Motorola that could bend backwards. Um, so you could, they had some pictures of some journalists putting it on their wrists and uh, thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, technology developing in the foldable phone space, and so yeah, I just thought it's quite interesting to see the fact that you know Motorola is experimenting with the idea of a phone that can bend backwards and you put on your wrist. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So those are the two things um, that have caught my attention um, over the past uh, few weeks, and there's no other housekeeping, so I think this will be time for us to jump into our topic which is, what is the Fediverse? But of course, before we jump in, what caught my attention about, about this uh, topic? Um, why, did, why am I doing an episode about the Fediverse? And the reason why is because the Fediverse has seen a huge surge of growth and an interest in the past few years, um, especially when Elon Musk uh, bought Twitter, where a lot of users decided to search for an alternative. Um, now there are plenty of new platforms that are part of the Fediverse in fact you may have heard of a few such as Mastodon and platforms such as Threads by Meta uh, will allow users to follow to follow and interact with Fediverse accounts in the future so um, yeah this is kind of why it's caught my attention and I know a little bit about the Fediverse about some of the key concepts but um, there are a few other things about it which I didn't really fully understand myself. So this is why I chose this topic about what is the Fediverse. So uh, let's just jump in and let's find out what is the Fediverse. In a sentence, the Fediverse is an interconnected social platform system that's based upon a protocol called ActivityPub, which allows you to export your data such as your followers. This might be a little tricky to understand. So let me give you an example. Imagine if Facebook, X or Twitter, or whatever it's called now, and TikTok were all interoperable with each other so that you can post your content from anywhere and all of your followers would see your content regardless of which platform they use. So imagine you're on Facebook and you make a post and it appears on X. So it kind of just gets broadcast to the world. And let's say you decided to leave a platform, Facebook, for example, and you wanted to join uh, Mastodon instead. Since these platforms are interoperable, you could take all of your content, followers, everything with you to the new platform. Uh, This is the key part of the Fediverse, which is the idea of interoperability. This is what's driving such interest in the Fediverse. Uh, Another appeal to the Fediverse is that you own your content. You just lend it out to other platforms. So let's talk a little bit about this protocol called ActivityPub. There's this image on its official website which describes this uh, protocol perfectly. Um, I'll include it in the link, I'll include the link of it uh, in the show notes. Uh, The best way to describe this is that the user, that's you, can read incoming messages that come from the rest of the world, but the user can also send content to the world. And the rest of the world uh, can then read and send messages to users, which is where federation comes in. A good way to think of it is that it's the platforms and users share the same inbox and outbox, kind of like an email-based system. But why is the Fediverse becoming more popular and why is it being seen as the future of social media in some circles? Um, Mike, I'm gonna try and pronounce this, Mike Masnick published an essay at the Knight First Amendment Institute at Columbia University, um, uh, published back in 2019, uh, titled, Protocols, not platforms, a technological approach to free speech. The essay talks about uh, the two current problems on big platforms. Uh, One is the drive to acquire an ever ever increasing amount of data from users, resulting in concerns from users and regulators that platforms are not protecting the data they, they have collected. And two, these platforms have become larger and more central to everyday life. There has been growing concern at these platforms about the content that can be posted and the responsibilities that these platforms have in policing content. Um, These uh, platforms can throw as much money as they want at these problems, but it's not clear at how this problem ends with enough people being satisfied. The essay says that although there is no silver bullet, A system of protocols would be better at protecting privacy and free speech, while minimizing the impact of abusive behavior and creating new business models that are aligned with users' interests. However, the essay does mention that there are several points why using protocols might not work. Um, One of them is complexity. Signing up to platforms such as Mastodon can be a daunting experience for those who are unfamiliar with the Fediverse. Uh, When you sign up to Mastodon, you have to pick a server of where you want your account to be. So it's not as simple as you just fill in a a login or a registration form and then that's it. You need to choose where you want your account to be hosted. If you're not familiar with um, the idea of uh, the Fediverse, then yeah, this can definitely be a bit of a daunting experience for uh, users. Um, Users don't want to mess around with settings or anything like that. Users want something that works. And this is the major advantage that the current platforms have. Plus, the current platforms are too big that using a, a protocol-based approach might not disrupt them. Um, it's a really good essay to read. Um, I'll leave a link to this in the show notes if you want to take a look. I really should dive back into Mastodon and give it another go. Um, I'm, I'm quite big on this sort of stuff of using like the Fediverse. Um, so I really should just give it another shot. Um, I know I'm very active on Threads and I'm aware that Threads has plans to integrate with the Fediverse using ActivityPub. So I'm very interested to see how that will go. So I know they've been testing it fairly recently. I know that the head of Threads on Meta, his Threads account is actually appearing in on Mastodon. So his posts on Threads appear on Mastodon. So it's quite cool to see so who knows, maybe this will all uh, take effect for every user on threads. Hopefully this year, that'd be really, really cool to see. So yeah, I think it'd be very interesting to see how that goes. And that's the end of the topic. Maybe we should all go leave Twitter or X or whatever and start to embrace services like Mastodon just a little bit more. All right. and so thank you thank you everyone for listening um just to remind everybody to subscribe uh, review and follow the podcast account on threads um also if you listen to this episode on itunes or spotify web whatever please give the show four or five stars or whatever you feel it's uh really helps the show grow and also don't forget that the show notes include references to sources used in this episode so yes please do make sure you give us some feedback next time on Stuff I Don't Know, how do you start a podcast? It's something I didn't know until I started this show, so next time I'll talk about my experience and what I've learned about starting up a podcast of my own. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.